you may not be able to get more sleep, but what you can do then is focus on the other things that you can do to let go of your day before you go to bed. So what you do when you go to bed is actually sleep. Because the other problem that we have is a lot of our parents, and and again, especially moms, and the less sleep you get, sometimes it seems like the worse this gets, you lay in bed and just just the to-do list running through your head. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Future focused parents, welcome to another episode of Raising Adults. Kira and Dina here with you, although we are still separate, but we are here with you and glad to speak with you today and looking forward to hearing from our guest. This is going to be really helpful for those of you who might be, you know, just struggling to take good care of yourself during what has been a pretty long and stressful year for most of us. So, we're going to get some great tips for that. But beyond that, also the link between our parenting and our self-care and our communication with our kids and our self-care and just how vital that is to so many elements of the parenting journey. But before we dive in, how are you over in the laundry room, Kira? I, I'm i okay. It was, I mean, you know, we had a really stressful day yesterday. Yes. We don't usually work on Mondays and we worked all day yesterday for seemingly no reason. <laughs> yes. Like... We had an actual Monday, everyone. It was, I know. It was a serious Monday. It was at wild. I'm, I'm still coming off of it. I was, I went to bed at like silly o'clock last night because I was so <laughs> all done. But it was, I mean, it's good stuff. It's good to be busy. It was just, I think it was unexpected. It caught me off guard. That's funny. Silly o'clock. And I had the opposite impact, I couldn't turn my brain off oh, after no. <laughs> all the stuff we had going on. And so I just laid there going, this is not a style. We have to record tomorrow. No. So yeah. And there's a big thing happening at my house today, I should say. My kids go back to school this afternoon for the first time. Oh, that's right. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Cue dramatic music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to have two hours without them. Whoa. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. <laughs> Are you going to celebrate or cry or some of both? I think I'm going to sit in silence. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. we have to give a shout out to our newest member before we dive into talking yes. to Sandy. Welcome. Gina, welcome, Gina. welcome, welcome to the Future Focused family. And we are so happy to have you. And listeners, if you have not yet looked at membership, please do. It is ever growing. We've got such a beautiful family. We had our VIP call today and they're just so lovely. Everybody's just so lovely. So check it out. You can go to futurefocusedparenting.com to get more information. Yes, we we love our members. They're so great. And I think they help they help us too. I mean, I learn from the questions that we get asked and we hope it's valuable to the members as well. So thank you, Gina, for jumping in. We're excited to have you and um, look forward to serving you with all the great materials for for members. So let's dive in. We've got a great guest today, as I said, and I know we're going to learn a lot, so I, I don't want to waste a moment. So today we have Sandy Fowler with us. She is a stress relief coach and host of the Mighty Parenting Podcast. She is a wife, mom, and business owner whose passion is teaching women to make powerful choices that impact their lives in the best possible way. So she shows these moms how to ditch stress, make time for what matters most, and 
and take care of themselves so they can be the parent they want to be. We're so glad to have you, Sandy. Welcome to Raising Adults. Oh, thank you, Dina and Kara, for having me on the show. I am so excited about spending time with you and your audience. Wonderful. Well, we'd love for you to just introduce yourself a little more fully, whatever you'd like to share with us about your family, anything personal. And then we also would love to hear your why. I know that your podcast has a particular lens and you do look a lot at the teen and young adult years. And I know we would love, just like we start each episode with our why, we'd love to hear your why for getting into that important work. Oh, that's a good question. But let me back up a little. You shared a bit about me professionally. So I'd like to share just a little bit about me personally. I am a combination personality. I have my nerdy side and I love getting my nerd on my education, formal education, is in statistics and mathematics. So I enjoy the science and the math of things, which I do apply to my work in many ways. One, it helps me create systems and processes and things. Two, it lets me get uh, all nerdy and geeked out about doing research, about stress relief and trauma and emotional wellness and how our body functions through that and what's the biology of it. So I can figure out how do we take all that and like make it work in our life as a human being. Because in my life, what I really want to do is I love doing my work. I love, love, love impacting women. And I love spending time with my family, with my friends. I am married. I am actually approaching my 30th wedding anniversary. Met my hubby in college. Wow. He yeah. was supposed to graduate and go away. I was only dating guys who were graduating because I had never really said, yes, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to get married. I wasn't for it. I wasn't against it. It just wasn't on my radar. And instead of graduating, going away, he graduated and decided to get a second degree. And the next thing I knew, I was asking him out again after we had dated and broken up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's that. And then I have two daughters who are now in their early 20s. And they are in that in-betweenness of kind of being at home, getting ready to launch, COVID craziness, one's working from a bedroom at home. And so we have a lot of togetherness going on. <laughs> and I enjoy to getting outdoors and doing outdoor activities. I love to camp and to hike and to walk in the woods. And I'm so lucky to live on the shores of Lake Michigan. So I love walking the beach or just sitting down, reading a good book or sitting there with my kids or my hubby and enjoying that. So there's a little more about me and my nerdy side and my, I guess, a little bit of touchy-feely, woo-woo type side of marrying those two together and then enjoying that with my family and, and that knowing what I know about organizing time and myself to have that time to spend with my family. Wonderful. So Let's sort of dive into our topic today. So we're going to talk about self-care and stress relief. And I'm personally just really looking forward to this conversation because <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think I realized how stressed I've been this past year until the thought of the kids going back to school and being like, oh, I'm going to actually have some space. Only then did I start to really notice the toll that this has taken on me. But let's back up just a bit because I know at Mighty Parenting, 
that you're kind of all about parents having a strong relationship with their child and that that involves effective communication and then also modeling emotionally healthy behaviors. I love this combo pack. The mental health professional in me is a fan. Can you tell listeners like why the focus on those areas? What is it about those two things that you think contribute to that strong relationship? Communication is at the core of any relationship. And when our kids are young, our role is very hands-on, both physically hands-on, but also verbally and being in their space and talking, a lot of talking to them. And I don't want to say at them, but it's almost sometimes for them, helping them learn to put their feelings into words and to do all those things. And the older our kids get, the less of that we not only need to do, but should want to do because they are starting to spread their wings and they want to spread their wings. And the less that we do for them, both physically and verbally and emotionally, the stronger our relationship is with them. They they feel that, they understand and sense that we trust them. We believe in them. We know they can handle this. They may fall down. They may, in fact, not may, they will fall down. They will make mistakes. Just like when they were learning to pour that big old gallon of milk or even a quart of milk and they, you knew they were going to spill it and they did spill it, you stepped back and you let them do that. We need to do the same thing in our communication. We need to learn to listen and to, to really be present with our kids and create space and opportunity for them. The more we do that, the more they learn, the stronger our relationship is. And as they become tweens and then teens and adults, the more difficult things they're going to be facing in the world, the stronger they will feel because they have that relationship with us and the more likely they are to turn to us for advice or support or, God forbid, if they get into real trouble. Mm. So that communication piece is essential for parenting, in my view. The interesting thing is that the emotional wellness is, in my experience, so tightly intertwined with the communication. We don't even realize it, but when we are stressed out, when we are triggered, when we are traumatized, it's almost impossible, depending on how triggered, how stressed out we are, it's almost impossible to really be there for our kids in the way we want to be there. Even going back to when they're little, I remember, I I have two girls, at least they're in their early 20s, but I remember being busy and running myself ragged and being stressed out and the little thing would happen, which has nothing to do with them or even really essentially what they did. It was just the straw that broke the mom's back, right? And so then we get upset. And even if we don't yell, if we manage to tamp that down, it's not that same calm, emotionally huggy sort of a parent showing up and helping them through a difficult moment or fixing a mistake. It's it's sort of this tied down anger monster that's kind of showing up. You know, you might have tamped it down, but they still sense it. They still feel it. And then they feel like they're doing something wrong or they did something wrong. And everyone's trying to to figure things out. So the emotional wellness 
impacts our parenting in a huge way. And yet for parents and especially moms, taking care of our emotional wellness gets pushed down the priority list because it seems like it's all about me and that it's selfish. And so it creates this terrible dynamic of I can't be the really great parent I want to be because if I'm being a good parent, I'm not taking care of me. And it's this terrible little downward spiral. Yeah, it really is the cycle, isn't it? Like, I, I can't take care of myself. So I show up as the angry person, but I feel guilty if I take care of myself. But the only way I'm going to communicate more effectively and be more emotionally healthy and available is to take good care of myself. I mean, it's just, it's such a tricky thing. We go down this chicken or the egg, right? What comes first? And it is important. And I, and I love how you've kind of married these two because communication and emotional health are two areas that Kira and I are really passionate about ourselves for parenting. And what you're really describing in that last scenario that you gave as an example is probably a parent who's pretty stressed out and a little frazzled and maybe at kind of the end of the proverbial rope and doesn't really have a lot left to give. So the communication that comes out isn't as kind and gentle. So what's the remedy for that? I mean, how how do we solve that? How can we use our resources to tap into self-care in a way that can help us have better communication with our kids as we parent? What's the solution? So as with anything worth doing, there isn't just one thing that we do. There isn't just one strategy, one tip. So what really works best for most people is to start thinking of self-care differently. I talk about real self-care, and that is more than the moment that I slide into a bubble bath or the moment I get to step out the door and walk around the block by myself for a couple minutes, or even even the moment I, for me, I'm a tea drinker and I love to like just sit in a rocking chair and have a cup of tea. And those are good things. Those are good self-care strategies. I'm not saying don't do those, but this I talk about self-care beyond bubble baths. So it's starting to think about self-care as the tiny little things that you do. I actually have women start with the, the core strategies, which are to eat, drink, and sleep. So we were talking about this stressed out I said, you know, kind of the anger monster comes out, right? And that was me for a while when my kids were little. This is one of the reasons I do this work. And I apologize, you ladies asked me about my why, and I don't know that I actually went into that. But one of the reasons I do that is because I was there. I was stressed out and too busy and saw myself showing up for my kids in ways that I didn't like. It wasn't every moment of every day, but I still didn't like it or I didn't have time to do a lot of things I wanted to do. So start with just looking at the little things you're doing and start with eat, drink, and sleep. Because when we take in a lot of sugar and caffeine, physiologically, the way that impacts our bodies makes us stressed out and tired. It impacts our our nervous system. It impacts our hormones and the way that our thoughts and our emotions play out in our bodies. So eating, not saying you can never have sugar, but I'm saying eating enough good, healthy food means that you're not going to show up hangry. And you're also going to be modeling this for your kids, which is something we all want to do, right? Drinking enough water to stay hydrated, 
means that you're not going to be sitting there with a headache, which is, again, where I landed back in college. My now husband, I complained about having a headache. He looked at me one day, he's like, do you ever drink anything besides Pepsi? Maybe you have a headache because you've never drank water. And I just didn't know. And you may not know, right? We need to be hydrated for our body to physiologically function well. So eat enough decent food, drink enough non-caffeinated, preferably non-sugared liquids to stay hydrated, and sleep, which is a huge can of worms in and of itself. And I'm not asking you to, to fix all of your sleep problems. What I am asking you to do is to start thinking about sleep as an essential part of your life. Because again, especially as parents, that's the thing that gets put off, right? There's too much to do, not enough time to do it. You're not going to not do things for your kids if you're working or maybe you are in charge of the committee at school or whatever responsibilities you have. Maybe you have parents you're taking care of as well. You're not going to let those responsibilities slide. So the first thing you do is take away from you. And the first place most people take away from themselves is their food and their sleep. So start looking at those things and then start looking at micro moments. I'm not going to ask you to go spend an hour working out or an hour meditating or spending an hour doing anything. I'm going to ask you to look at your day and go, when can I take a minute or two minutes and either insert a healthy habit or just be mindful or breathe or you know, take three minutes in the morning and do a gratitude practice, write down three things I'm grateful for or right before I go to sleep. Look for those micro moments where you can start inserting practices, which are all the things we hear about. You guys, I don't know if you guys ever talked about practices on the podcast. I didn't didn't think I saw that. But the idea of yoga, journaling, of course, exercise hits multi, multiple things. But those types of practices that emotionally support us, mm-hmm. you brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. If you're brushing your teeth, instead of going through your to-do list for the day, turn and look out the window. And just like look at the tree and think about all the things you're grateful for with the tree or think about all the things you're grateful for in your life. Count your blessings. Don't, instead of all those times, I I did this recently. I realized that when I was filling water bottles or containers, there's something about water. All these places, you know, I have to get the water in the bowl to throw it into the filter and then I'm filling up water bottles to take with me or I'm filling the pot of water to make food. It was like all these times there was water and I realized that these were those micro moments. I can just watch the bubbles in the water. Shut down the brain. Be present with what's happening there. Just notice the bubbles coming up, the colors that you see in there. Anything that's physiologically going on, how heavy that is in your hand, how the bottle or the pot or whatever gets heavier as the water fills it is that, oh, I'm holding the pot. These handles are smooth. They're kind of cold. Tune into what you're physiologically feeling, and that calms your nervous system. It calms your body. It tells it, oh, I'm safe. If I was running from a tiger and I was in danger, I wouldn't have time to stop and think about what this pot feels like. Mm. So the fact that I'm feeling the texture and the, the temperature and all of this means I'm safe. And so I can get out of fight, flight, and freeze, and just let my nervous system rest and go into rest and digest and and just be here and be present. And the more time you spend in rest and digest, the better off you are. Hey, Raising Adults listeners and future-focused parents. 
our valuable FFPs, we just wanted to talk to you for a moment about our membership program. And we love having our listeners join membership and just really join the FFP family. We love having you be a part of this in a more involved way. And so we just want to highlight the three levels of membership. The first is only $5 a month, literally the cost of a nice cup of coffee. And it's really just your way of kind of giving us a tip, like you would tip your barista or your server. If the podcast content has been helpful to you and you would like to just say a thank you, it's just $5 a month, super accessible. And it does get you some things. Don't worry. You're not just giving us a tip and not getting anything. It makes you eligible for on-air coaching calls. You get that calendar of character traits that we've talked so much about and can really help you build your family's value list. You also get half off all digital resources. And we'll, of course, shout you out on the podcast. If you'd like to go up a level at the $10 a month level, you get all the things I just described, but you also have access to Future Focused in Five, which is an amazing video and audio library of quick, short, accessible parenting topics. We cover a topic and give you some strategic tips in five minutes or less, and you can access those by video, but we know your podcast listeners. So if you prefer to listen, there's an audio version as well. Then in that final tier, which is $20 a month, you get access to us. You get a monthly call with Q&A with Dina and I to ask any parenting questions that have come up that month. You get to connect with other FFPs in a private Facebook group, and you get access to all of our online content, all of our digital resources totally for free. So if you've been interested in any of those, this is a great way to get in. So do check out all the different membership tiers that are available to you. We'd love to have you be a part of the FFP family. You can join us by going to futurefocusedparenting.com and click on the membership tab. We really hope you'll join us soon. Wow. I really love that. I love that as a concept too, that that what feels like a teeny tiny moment can actually affect your system so enormously. And that idea of, of letting it just rest for a minute. And, and I assume then over time, people feel significantly better because they've experienced those little moments of rest throughout the day. We do. And the other thing that happens is, sorry, I'm used to doing this with my hands because I'm used to teaching either virtually in person, but you know, with, with a video. So if you take your hands and just straighten them out and hold one above the other, like six inches apart, Okay, your emotions float around and they get more and less intense inside of there. If they're flatlined right through the middle between your hands, you're totally calm and at peace. And when things happen that trigger you, that make you get scared or sad or angry, those move you away from that middle line. The emotions of anger, the things that are going to push you out the top, they're, they're those like outward sort of hot emotions, that's fight and flight. Down toward the bottom line is just as difficult for our nervous system, but those are the freeze. That's the fear. I'm going to curl. If the tiger's coming, I'm going to curl up in a ball. Instead of fighting it or running away, I'm just going to curl up in a ball and hope he goes away. The more often that we push our emotions outside of those lines on either end, the closer the lines come to each other. So the easier it becomes to actually end up in fight, flight, and freeze. The more often you're in fight, flight, and freeze, the closer the lines get. So the more often or the easier it is to end up out there more often. And it just keeps shrinking. The beautiful news is that the opposite is true. The more often that 
you are in between the lines, that you're in rest and digest mode, the wider apart the lines get, the further they move from each other and the easier it is to stay in there. Every time you take that little mindful moment, you are putting your body inside the lines. So just building up these moments pushes the lines apart. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I guess like my final question would be before we you know kind of wrap up is that all makes a lot of sense. And actually, for me, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, the micro moments, I feel like I can do that. That feels really reasonable. Like I'm filling up the pot anyway. So what does it matter what I'm putting my attention on? It doesn't take away from my doing, right? But what do you do for parents who feel like they don't have time to prep healthy meals or it's selfish to buy that healthy food because it's more expensive? Or I would love to get more sleep, but I, I literally feel like I can't. Like how do we encourage parents to figure that piece out because because the micro moments sound awesome and like I want to do that now but that bigger question of like more sleep healthy meals like I you know what do you say to parents who maybe feel like they don't have time or it's too selfish or it feels frivolous how do they bridge that gap so time is something that in our brains feels insurmountable and and something we can't change what I encourage you to do is to allow yourself to believe that you can change those things. And you don't, what you want to look at is your expectations around it. Because what I heard when you were talking about that is you're like, oh, I, I can't buy the healthier food because it's more expensive. Well, maybe you're not going to buy all organic vegetables and grass-fed beef and pasture-raised chickens and eggs. I'm not saying that's what you need. But is it actually more expensive to either buy or make a just a meal that, you know, depending on what you choose to eat, but let's say, you know, um, a, pot, a good pasta meal or uh, an, a good healthy salad or whatever, is that actually more expensive than buying, say, sugar laden things and caffeine laden things? Because those are the things that are really triggering your body. It's it's the sugar, the caffeine, those chemicals that are doing that. So the the details and having to buy super high-end food isn't a necessity. And yes, there is time. So look at can you can you outsource it? And that can be literally, you know, some people go, well, I'm gonna I'm just going to buy my meals pre-made or I'm going to get one of the meal kits and then look at outsourcing like within your family too. Can your spouse or your partner do it? Can one of your kids do it? Can you make this family and together time so that instead of needing a bunch of time to make dinner and then calling everybody to the table, you can have other people there and have that be a time where you're conversing and you're finding out about your kids' days or your teaching skills. Or can you hire someone, and it doesn't necessarily, again, have to be complicated, can you hire a teenager to come in even a couple of times a week and help you out? And either maybe they watch your littles or they cook the food. There, You can get creative around it and sleep. You may not be able to get more sleep, but what you can do then is focus on the other things that you can do to let go of your day before you go to bed. 
So what you do when you go to bed is actually sleep. Because the other problem that we have is a lot of our parents, and and again, especially moms, and the less sleep you get, sometimes it seems like the worse this gets. You lay in bed and just there's the to-do list running through your head, right? Yeah. That was Dina last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And and it was me too. It, and it, sometimes it is me. But now what I know is that the first time it happens, I just know that that's a sign that I need to do something and I have tools to go do something about it. So if that's you, reach out for some tools and, you know, ask somebody else for ideas, suggestions. How do you manage this? You know, for some people, it's going to be a simple sleep routine signaling to your body, hey, I'm getting ready for bed now. So when I walk through the house and I put the backpacks here and I check the doors and I check on each of my kids, that's signaling my brain that it's time to go to bed. Or when I go in and I tell my teenager, hey, you know, I need you (laughs) to lock up the doors and make sure the dog goes out one more time and stuff because I'm heading off to bed. And then, like I said, maybe you take two minutes and you, you write down in a notebook things that you're grateful for from that day just to help start shifting your brain to think about something else rather than your to-do list. Those are the starting points. No, those I, are great. I know they don't solve everything. Oh, I'm but sure. But those, you can, you can move the needle. You really can. Well, and I think that's just it, is sometimes we get overwhelmed thinking how far we have to go. Oh, I'm only getting five hours of sleep tonight, and the recommendation is seven to eight hours. But I love this because what you're saying is kind of this progress over perfection. You can take a step toward it. Maybe you can't impact the quantity of your sleep right now with the way your schedule looks, but maybe there's some things you can do on the front end or on the end of your bedtime routine, your evening routine that will move the needle on the quality of your sleep. So I love that. Just ideas of little shifts because little shifts over time do add up to big changes. And when it comes to stress relief, the importance of that can't be overstated. So we've got to start somewhere. Willingness to take these small steps that that move the needle, like you say, just super helpful. Well, my guess is we're going to have some folks in our audience who want to connect with you further. I love that you're a stress relief coach and that you help people with this stuff. So tell us where we can find you, learn more about you and access resources that you might have available. I am at sandyfowler.com. It's Sandy with a Y and F-O-W-L-E-R.com. And when you go there, there is a free lesson on stress relief. There's a video that gets into some of this mindset, some of the concepts, and then a stress relief inventory sheet that you can also download and just helps you start looking at what am I doing? What might I want to do? And that can help you move the needle. Everything I have that I do is on there. My podcast is actually connected through there as well. So you can find that if you are thinking about what to do as your kids get older. And I'm also starting to play with a meditation program. So if you feel like experimenting a little and trying something that might take you 10 minutes a day, just reach out to me through the website and let me know that you want to be in my playground with me while I experiment. (laughs) I love that image so much. (laughs) That's great verbiage. Come and join the playground. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners. And I and actually with Kira and I too, yeah. after after laying awake last night, I'm excited and eager to try some of these things myself. So thanks so much for being with us today. 
Thank you for having me on the show, Kira and Dina. I appreciate being able to spend time with you and with your wonderful audience. Well, listeners, hopefully you are going to work on some stress relief because I know we all have it. It's like pent up and built up. And I think what Kira, what you said earlier is so true. I think sometimes we don't even know quite how stressed we are until the possibility of moving beyond the stress is is presented to us. That's what happened. It's like now (laughs) now when they interrupt me, I'm like, tomorrow they're not going to interrupt me. Right. For two hours. Suddenly I'm that much more upset that they're interrupting me. (laughs) Right. You're on the precipice, which I think almost is harder, right? When you know when you know help is on the way. It's almost like, why is it not here yet? Yeah. So true. Well, please be back with us next week. We're excited to bring you another episode next time. And in the meantime, if you'd like to connect with us, Please, please, please rate, review our podcast. Um, you know, if you write us a kind review, we always pop that on our Instagram story and we love to share it. And thank you to those of you who've already done so. We so appreciate you. If you're looking to find out more about Kira and I and all that we do and all the resources we offer, if you're looking for a digital resource or a webinar to watch on parenting, you can find everything at our website, which is futurefocusedparenting.com. And of course, if you haven't yet, please do follow us on social media. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram. And our handle is at Future Focused Parenting. Thanks so much for being with us today. And we look forward to bringing you more next week. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in Kira's laundry room, partially in my coat closet. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee and editing by Allison Preisinger. Thanks for listening. <laughs>